With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs is sponsored by AAA Heating and Air. The premier HVAC company in the Midlands is growing. Are you a top HVAC technician? AAA Heating and Air is looking for dedicated applicants to fill their fast-growing service department with top-notch HVAC technicians. If you're the best, and they want you. If you're ready to stop working and start a career, you can earn up to $100,000 plus a year at AAA Heating and Air. Quality candidates will have at least two years' experience and a good driving record. Benefits include top industry salaries, commission on service and unit sales, set call limits, company-provided take-home vehicle and gas card, company-provided cell phone and tablet, health, dental, and vision benefits, 401k retirement plan with company match and scaled PTO based on length of service. Contact Roy and Dana Finley at 803-677-1500 or check out their job postings on Facebook or ZipRecruiter. Triple A air when you need us. Triple A heating and air. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, founded by Firemen with Chris Clark. The 2007 South Carolina class was, at that time, sixth in the country and fourth in the SEC. It's just amazing. Wes Mitchell. You know, I think if you're South Carolina, you're you're aiming to, to at least be at 50%. Then in theory, you're adding talent, you're getting better, you're putting yourself in a position to compete. And Tyler Head. It's been a great week for South Carolina. On the recruiting front, still certainly plenty to talk about. On the home of the Gamecocks, 107.5 The Game. And welcome into the Gamecocks Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs here on 107.5 The Game. Tyler West and Chris along with you on this Tuesday morning. Thank you once again to Joe Charlton for being today's guest on the Garden of Trust Hour. And I'll have that conversation up for you shortly on the 107.5 The Game podcasting page. Chris, uh, we learned, learned quite a bit about... Uh, about the punting game itself yeah, in that knew, last hour. We knew it would be an interesting conversation with Joe. Um, I brought up, I, I brought, I almost felt like guilty because I was bringing up like some tough memories at times. There was, there were some tough years there during his time at Carolina. Yeah. And uh, how about Tommy Moody calling in, telling Wes that he, uh, Tommy worked in the Shoeless Joe Jackson reference. He, he was talking though, Wes, about how he knew uh, Reggie Shaw who was Flores' coach at that time, and he went up. I guess he was at a practice or something. He just heard the ball, and he was like, who is that? <laughs> and he was like, that's, that's Joe Charlton. He's like, oh, my gosh. The ball hey. sounds different when it comes well, off his foot. No, nobody ever doubted Joe's leg. Yeah. I mean, probably one of the strongest legs in South Carolina history, if we're being honest, I think. Well, you know that he still has the yards per punt average single-season record. Even Kai Kroger has not surpassed it. It's the only thing Kai has not done, ever. Do we know how close they are? No, we'd have to effort that. Um, we'll, we'll look it up. Put you on the spot here. Yeah. I'll, I'll, 46.9 I'll, versus 48.9. No, I have I'll no idea. Yeah. Got, got to be close, I would think. Yeah, well, yeah there's not going to be a huge difference in it. Yeah. I mean, do we think Kai is definitely second? He is second. He is second. Yeah, last season, he... Moved himself into second place on yards per punt. 
And I think he set some other records, but Joe Joe's still number one. So I mean, when you got when you got Kai Kroger, you know that. And if Kai haven't now, Kai will have a chance to touch it this year. Maybe next year he could beat it. But if he doesn't, whew, that one may stand for a while. Did you bring up that run against A and M? Tyler played the clip of it. We certainly did. We had a full a full breakdown. We probably sent, spent half a segment on it. That was like the only thing that went well. We brought yeah, exactly. He said he had a fond memory of it, but it was still kind of you know tough when you think about the rest of the game. I mean, I think it's kind of one of those things where right after the game, you can't be like, "Hey guys, did you see my <laughs> my first down run?" But when you're telling, you know, your kids or your wife like maybe 10 years later, you can be like, "Hey, let me, let me show you this clip on YouTube and it's it's kind of a cool moment once yeah. you get a little bit of time passing. Like black out the score at the bottom. Like yeah. Don't don't look at that part of it. I ran for ten yards. Well, he might have been the leading rusher in that game. So. He was for a while. He yeah. he ended up he was Rico Dowdle had twelve yards and Joe had ten on one run. So uh, a little bit of an update on okay. the uh punting average. Charleston's record was forty five point five yards here okay. in Carolina. Kai Kroger's current career average is forty four point two. Okay. He's gotta bump those numbers up just a little bit to surpass him this season. That might be a Tall task, but uh, how how many of Kai's punts have been him having to kind of you know drop it down in there? Yeah, well, that's the versus. If you, go, if you go look back statistically, like half of Kai's punts last season were yeah in the twenty yard line. Literally half of his punts yeah. were in the twenty. Thirty seven percent the year before and twenty percent the year before that. Yeah, he's. I, I would think Kai Kroger is probably going to get even better. So, and Joe Charlton, do you remember the Braden Man dude from A&M, Wes, uh, their punter? Yes, yes. Joe was talking about him. He said that was probably the best guy he's seen. Um, not a fan of rugby punters either. No, not a fan of rugby punters. Well, I feel like if you're legitimate, like you got a cannon for a leg, <laughs> yeah. you're kind of like, these guys are cheating a little bit. Yeah, you can't rugby punt. If you, but if you, if you don't have a cannon for a leg, you're like, hey, I... I make it work with what I have, right? Like yeah. you got to be a little bit, uh, you got to be a little bit more creative. You got to be a little bit more um, efficient with what you're working with. But for Joe, it's just like, nah, man, I'm I just kick rockets. I just boot it. So he's he's uh yeah, good conversation with him though. I think in about nine ten days, uh, headed back up to Cleveland to uh, go to training camp those guys again with the Cleveland Browns and so they have a starting punter um, you know life as an undrafted specialist really life as an undrafted anything you know it can be day to day it can be year to year it can be day to day season to season so we'll see how that goes but definitely uh, best of luck to him as he goes through that yeah and a local guy obviously not just in that he played for Carolina but um, still lives in the area and obviously went to AC Florida so pretty cool Chris, are we locked in enough to tell them our guest for later this week? Or yeah, yeah, I think we're locked in. We've actually got, and I've got something I haven't even told either of you about on oh, one, of the, on one well, of the same days. Okay, so what, what we got? <laughs> Tyler's like, can we please, like, you know, prepare? You know, I am for the producer of this. Yeah. I do like to know things ahead of time. Yeah, well, well you're going to know ahead of time. I'm but giving just you. Uh, everybody else is finding out too. Giving you about at least thirty six hours of notice. 
But no, we're going to have Josh Simon on Thursday. Okay. Um, he'll be on the Garnet Trust Hour, of course, from 10 to 11. And I think we're going to have several segments with Josh, and we are tentatively scheduled. Keyword, tentatively scheduled. We're going to have a quick phone call for a segment with DJ Swearinger. Oh, uh, Former Gamecock. He's going to tell us a few things that he's got going on. So the goal is to talk to Josh and to talk to DJ all on Thursday. So we'll see cool. if we can make that happen. Uh, by the way, I did the math. Kai Kroger is going to have to average about 49 yards per punt if he wants to eclipse uh, Charlton's average, career average. Wow. See, <laughs> we, first of all, we're, we're mathing on this show, so that's, uh, that's a step up. And second of all, again, when you're, if half your punts are being downed and you're not just kind of punting it as far and as high as you can, right? going to severely affect your, uh, your distance there. So Joe's probably listening like, dude, I've got the record. Like, why are you, why are you? Sound like you're rooting for somebody yeah, else to take yeah, it over? but. I th- I think the record, as good as Kai is, I think the record yeah, I, will I'd, stand. I'd say it's pretty safe unless he's just punting every time from the twenty yard line, which we certainly hope's not the case. Ooh, yeah, that would not be a good. Yeah, and you hope he's not punting so many times that he's able to skew to where he punts more this year than ever before, and yeah, kind of skews so, it. So we're hoping he doesn't break the record. Yes, essentially, if you're a Gamecock fan. You're hoping he breaks the record for maybe percentage downed inside the 20 but the least touch. amount of punts needed in an entire season yeah did, by the way uh <laughs> did, did y'all see and i not that we should ever really be using random fans on twitter for radio content <laughs> but I, I i gotta bring this up because we're talking about punters for this entire segment did y'all see the burn it kind of went a little bit viral of a gamecock fan to a tennessee fan on Twitter when South Carolina announced that Kai was going to be um, one of South Carolina's representatives for SEC Media Day? Yes, I did see this. So you saw it? Yes. I'm trying to pull it up right now so that I do not butcher it, but uh, essentially Tennessee fan comes on there, responds, and, you know, ha, ha, ha. Of course, uh, only South Carolina would take a punter to SEC Media Day. Random Gamecock fan who I, I promise if I can find it, I'm going to credit you, man. <laughs> but uh, he responds and basically says, after last year, that's the only way a Tennessee fan would know South Carolina had a punter. Ooh, that's a good one. Hmm. Hmm. Not bad. Roasted. Not bad at all. That is pretty good. And you know what's Quality bad about Vault Twitter is they never accept all of defeat. It. Yeah, I mean, yeah, all of it, but... I, I imagine that guy probably had some snarky response to that. It's like, dude, take your L and just leave. That was one. That's one of the best parts. And, and look, I'm sure you know Shane Beamer is pretty active on on Twitter on social media. So I'm certain he has seen for some reason. I don't know what it is, but before the game last year, Tennessee is extremely triggered by Shane Beamer. I don't know why. You know, I mean. Shane Beamer's first year. Yeah, before the game? Yeah, even before last year's game. Hmm. Extremely triggered by him because, I mean, South Carolina lost the game by a lot in year one in Knoxville. So I don't really get what it is. I, maybe they're triggered by 
everybody and everything that's in Tennessee? I that's think, probably the answer. That's probably the answer. They're, yeah. It's rough. It's, it's really easy to get under their skin. <laughs> Say the least. You don't have to do I, anything. I, I picture this. Uh, here's my one Tyler is a Georgia fan reference of the week. Okay. I'm cutting it down to one per okay. week. But <laughs> I'll, I, I picture, I'll do it. No, I picture South Carolina Twitter and uh, the meme where like they're shaking hands and it's South Carolina Twitter people and then Georgia people yeah. shaking hands on the Vols Twitter sucks. I think that's pretty accurate. You can actually probably extend that out to the entire SEC. I think every all 13 other fan bases collectively hate Vol Twitter. So, Gunna's Love Hand 1 <laughs> is the Twitter account that roasted a Tennessee guy. Okay, so does the Tennessee guy have a hashtag VFL in his Twitter bio or like the orange emoji? Hold on, efforting. Uh, or GBO. <laughs> or GBO, yeah. that's another one. He does not, uh, but he does. He does make sure to let everyone know that he is a University of Tennessee grad. Okay, in in his uh, Twitter bio, and he has Tennessee in his Twitter at as well. What's his Twitter at? David Lewis TN. Oh man, that's not as egregious as some of those people. Sounds like a a senator uh, account on Twitter. Yeah, like like a congressman. What what's the most famous guy on Vol Twitter? Is it that Andy guy, VF Vol for Life oh, Andy I, or something? I, I, I don't know. I did. I probably got him because most of them have like Vol or for Life somewhere yes. in their Twitter name, and then like all that crap in their Twitter bio. Uh, they've got some kind of bot operation going on. Speaking of roasted, before we hit the break, guys, checking out the uh, SEC Network up here. Yes, it's Takeover Day. It's Takeover Day, and uh, hopefully you're watching. You just. If you're just turn, tuning in, they got the LSU-South Carolina game on, and Ethan Petrie just tattooed a ball off of Paul Skeens. Dude, that was impressive. Feels like it was a long time ago. <laughs> it does feel like a long time ago. That was, that was impressive. Skeens went what? Number one. Yes. Number he one. Went number one overall. Ethan Petrie, as a freshman, not impressed. He, he was not. He was not impressed by that at all. But yeah, Gamecock uh, takeover going on all day on the SEC network. South Carolina it, Clemson football nine o'clock. That is correct. Is that right? So after this baseball game, you'll have women's soccer winning last year's SEC tournament at two. You'll have the football game versus Tennessee at four. Women's basketball winning the SEC tournament at seven, and then yes, the Clemson game at nine o'clock. Sounds like a pretty good day. Lock in for a full day. Relive the memories. All right, we'll continue on with the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Talk a little bit of media days coming up next as we did find out who the Gamecock representatives would be, as we just mentioned, Kai Kroger being one of them. That's coming up next here on 107.5 The Game. Takeover Hour. 107.5 The Game. As always, guys, this show is brought to you by our friends at Firehouse Subs. Chris just walked out of the studio. I think he saw the picture of this pepperoni pizza meatball sub on my screen and just started walking to Firehouse. There is one right nearby us, uh, kind of right across the State House on campus. Uh, that's one of the many, many locations of Firehouse Subs here in the Midlands. We're going to have some news soon about the next one that we'll be at live this month, so be on the lookout for that. But um, as always, you can get your sub of the day. Turkey Bacon Ranch is today for Tuesday. But um, I'm telling you, this new pepperoni pizza meatball sub is the thing that's going right now. Uh, some garlic butter on the 
toast that I, I think kind of puts it over the top. But um, many great options, regardless of whatever it is you prefer. If you don't like pepperoni, maybe build your own sub. Hit one of Firehouse Subs' hot specialty subs on the Rapid Rescue. That's firehousesubs.com or get the app. Probably the quickest way to do it. You can save all your favorites on there, save your payment information, click a couple things, and then the order will be waiting on you on the shelf at your closest Firehouse Subs. Again, shout out Larry Chandler, our friend, and shout out Firehouse Subs, presenting sponsor here on Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Who's talking at Media Days? We'll discuss that next on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs on 107.5 The Game. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen. With Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head. On your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. And Mitch Jeter, who is 9 of 9 so far, has hit a 53-yarder, 51-yarder on the season. This is from 47. Snap it back. It's a fake. Cougar's got a man. Tonka Hemingway. He's caught it at the 25, at the 20, 15, <laughs> down to the 12-yard line. Got a penalty There's down. a flag on the play back at the line of scrimmage. Hold on. But is there anything Tonka Hemingway cannot do? It's against Vanderbilt. That was the call back in the Vanderbilt game last fall. It was Kai Kroger. To Tonka Hemingway on that fake, as mentioned, that penalty was on Vanderbilt, so it was a good play. That's perfect highlight because two of the three representatives for South Carolina at Media Days next week that will be speaking are Kai Kroger and Tonka Hemingway joining, no surprise, Spencer Rattler. Good group. I mean, I think there were several options, but I think Rattler was was kind of an, an obvious since he didn't go last year. Um Trying to even who all went last year to carry on Zach Pickens definitely those two God who was the, was Javon Gwynn it was Javon Gwynn yes yeah. yes 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 um so you know I I instantly kind of when I was thinking of who might go you know to carry on would have made sense as like an ambassador of this school and program but he went last year mm-hmm. um and this kind of cool you got the whole offense defense and special teams so all three. As much as special teams has been featured within this program, the fact that you have representation for, for all three sort of, quote, sides of the ball, I guess, if you want to say it like that, pretty cool. And obviously, Rattler kind of being the returning quarterback, that's always kind of almost a given that, that QB1 will be there. And and you could have gone maybe several directions on defense, but I, I think Tonka, we, we've seen him like kind of, take these steps forward every year he's been at South Carolina. I'll be very curious to see, does he have another gear this year? Is he able to take that that next step now that he's going to be asked, you know, to, to go be essentially one of the veterans of this defensive line? I have, is this a hot take? Even last year, Tonka Hemingway was the best D lineman on the team. Hot take or no? Mm. So, really, you'd be talking about him or Zach Pickens last season. And Pickens is an NFL draft pick, mid, yeah. mid-round draft pick. So, obviously, a really good player, really good pro prospect. Are, are you including the edge guys in that, too? Or are you more going with the, hey, D-line is interior D-line? Mm, hand in the dirt, guys. I, I'm going both. Your best front guy. Yeah. I think it was Tonka. And I'm just looking at, 
I'm not even looking at the stats. I don't know what his stats were off the top of my head. I'll be honest. But I think if you just go back and look at the games, particularly a lot of the game, the, the big games that South Carolina was able to win, Kentucky, A&M, Clemson, Tennessee, Tonka Hemingway was super disruptive. He's just a really versatile guy. And he took on a lot. They tried to double team him. He split doubles. He, he was in the backfield a lot last season. So his final stats last year, 33 to- total tackles, 19 solo, 14 assists. Did have four sacks, two fumble recoveries, and one pass deflection. Yeah. I mean, statistically, a, a good year for an interior guy. But I think a lot of what he did doesn't even show up. And so I, I think... I think he I think he was the most productive guy on the team and to your point, Wes, I think there probably is another gear this year. What I'm fascinated to see is just how he's utilized. You know, how how much does South Carolina play him outside, how much do they play him inside because he can do so many different things for you. Yeah, you're reading my, my mind, man, because I, I think maybe the most impressive thing about Tonka last year, other than everything you said, was that he was able to sort of fill those various roles for South Carolina pretty much seamlessly as far as being whatever they needed, whether that was can you be an inside, you know, kind of super athletic guy or can you be the outside edge kind of bigger guy who can, you know, maybe set the edge, maybe fill that role out there. And, you know, we saw them kind of, I don't know if experiment is the word or if you would say they sort of fully implemented it. But there was a lot more of playing, you know, kind of three-man fronts in the spring or even just playing, in general, bigger edge guys. And at first, it was more along the lines of of kind of actually looking almost like a 3-3-5 type look. Other times, uh, you know, they were playing their four-man front, but with one of those bigger guys who we traditionally have seen them play inside, playing outside on you know, kind of as, as a defensive end. And so I, I think for Tonka, the fact he can do either one obviously helps you as coaches trying to get your best 11 on the field. That's what you're always trying to do. Uh, but also, you know, I, I kind of go back and forth on it myself, Chris, as far as what the best thing is for Tonka and this team, because we know the last two years they have had some issues uh, consistently stopping the run. So, um, you know, how much would maybe just going to a bigger guy in one of those defensive end slash edge spots, you know, does that potentially help you in the long run? Um, you could always slide Tonka to more of an inside role on pass rush situations. So I think they've got they've got some questions to answer as far as his role goes, but it's kind of in a good way. Not one of those things. A lot of times you talk about questions and you're talking about concerns I think it's more of a question, what's best for him, what's best for the team, and really, you know, what what size is he at at this point in his career? Because those guys can kind of maybe drop a little bit of weight. They, they can swing one way or the other depending on what the staff sees their role as going into a season. Or the staff may be saying, look, man, we, we need you to do both again. I remember when Tonka signed with South Carolina – the opinion of the staff, the former coaching staff at that time, the comparison that was given internally was DJ Wanham, who's doing some really good things in the NFL, was a really good player at South Carolina. And that was kind of play style, but also mentality. I mean, Tonka is just, 
people just rave about him. You don't hear a lot about him, but he's a great kid. He's a super hard worker. He just He's just one of those guys that you love to have representing your team, which is why he's going to media days. And, you know, he made an early impact, but I think the question was always, is he more of an end or is he more of an, of an inside guy? And the question has been, you know, some of both. I personally love the idea of having him play inside and continuing that, but for some of the edge questions, you know, that you have this season. And so, like you said, you, you've seen a lot of experimentation with that in the spring. I think we'll see some different things from Clayton White as far as three, four, five-man fronts, different personnel packages. But it's good to know that you have Tonka that can do all those different things for you. Well, and do you kind of maybe... I don't know, split the difference between a guy like Tonka and Elijah Davis, who also mm-hmm. is someone who could play inside or outside. I, I personally, and I heard a couple little rumblings that kind of back this up, uh, he looked to me, and I've heard he, Elijah being who I'm talking about here, Elijah Davis just looked a little bit more comfortable maybe playing on the edge as opposed to, you know, kind of being beaten up inside. Uh, but long term you know I, I know Beamer dating all the way back to I remember when he spoke at halftime of one of the basketball games I think was when this was he specifically said look long term we see Tonka and Elijah Davis as being interior players they wanted to see other guys step up around them and sort of take over those edge spots so I, I think there's a lot of different variables at play here that will kind of determine you know injuries are going to determine this as the season goes on matchups will determine what happens lots of different things will be at play but ultimately if you're south carolina you're happy obviously you got tonka in a gamecock uniform and to add to what chris says about how well-rounded tonka hemingway was in high school and is now i always thought it was pretty awesome this guy excelled in high school football basketball baseball national honor society National Spanish Honor Society, which I always like to add that one in there as well. So, super well-rounded student-athlete. Muy bien. Play the golf clap for yourself, Tyler. Uh, hold on. I got to get the thing up. You don't literally have to yeah, play it. Yeah. yeah I'll, I'll, West did it. There you, you go. West, West did it. Um, but anyway. Uh, Let's take a break. Tonka, Spencer, and Kai will be speaking as well as Coach Beamer next Thursday, the final day of Media Days out in Nashville uh, between Ole Miss and Tennessee. Right. And we'll certainly be excited to hear what they have to say there. Uh, coming up next, though, Phil Steele has released his power rankings for the SEC going into 2023. Where does South Carolina rank? Talk about that next. Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs on 107.5 The Game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. 107.5, the game. One of our great sponsors here on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour is our friends at Integrated Media, Michael, Nathan, and their team. I've trusted them to come into my home before and do some really cool stuff for us. Something they did for me that little off the wall, but super cool. Took all our old video game systems out of the closet, brushed the dust off of them. I'm talking N64, Nintendo, SNES, Genesis, the Wii. They took all of it, they tied it all in, and they put it on a switcher so that you can just go turn your TV on, press the power button, and then it's all hooked up for you so that my family can enjoy it. In the past, if we wanted to play video games, they're like, you know what, I don't feel like taking out all these RCA cables and then it's just a big mess. They can do stuff like that for you, completely custom projects. If you've got something that's irritating you in your house, if you've got something that's not done right, if you've got cords everywhere, 
They can help make it pretty for you and make it all work in one integrated system. Now, they do stuff like that, but they also do other things. TV mounting, if you got a man cave idea, if you have an outdoor patio where you need wireless speakers, a great internet signal, a TV mounted, complete smart home solutions. They can do all of those things for you. Go check out their Facebook and their Instagram page. Integrated Media Columbia is how you can find them. Check out some examples of their past work. Get some inspiration and then give them a call. 803-948-8327 or their website is integratedmediainc.com. Home theater, audio video, TV installation, security and cameras and complete smart home systems so you can control your devices with the touch of a button right from your smartphone. That's our friends, Michael and Nathan at Integrated Media, integratedmediainc.com or 803-948-8327. Phil Steele's rankings for the SEC in the preseason. What do they look like? We'll talk about it next. Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs, 107.5 The Game. Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen. With Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head. On your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. And welcome back in to the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs here on 107.5 The Game. As I mentioned before the break, Phil Steele, who is the guru of college football. I have his enormous magazine sitting just to my left here released his preseason sec power rankings recently no surprise georgia and alabama at the top gotta go down right to the middle to find south carolina sitting at number eight just behind arkansas at number seven and uh in the explanation for uh putting south carolina at that spot Phil Steele said they seemingly have the potential to do something special, but until both schools have multiple signature wins, talking about South Carolina and Arkansas, it's a wait-and-see approach for 2023. First of all, I'm jealous that you have that Phil Steele mag sitting there. You haven't found it yet? I just I, I just need to go okay. yeah. get it. I mean, it's, it's only on me. Yeah. But second of all, shout-out to our buddy Preston Thorne. He's weighing in. <laughs> Uh, glad Preston still listens since he doesn't actually come hang out with us in studio anymore. But he was loving Chris's Tonka Hemingway take. <laughs> he said Tonka's the man. I agree with that. Uh, I thought it was interesting getting t- into the Phil Still thing. His, I don't have any problem. I, I rarely have any problem with any of these lists at this time of year because they're generally just, um, they are what they are. It's the off season, talking season, whatever you want to call it. No real gripes. Although I, I did think sort of saying, hey, South Carolina needs signature wins was like a weird way to say it. And uh, I, I'll correct this. That was actually Nick Costco that had that commentary on it talking okay. about Phil Steele's rankings. This is for on three. So Nick Costco had that observation about it. Yeah, Nick, going to have to call you out, man. <laughs> um, that was just a weird way to say it because yeah. I, I, I thought South Carolina finished the season with a couple. That's that's really what they had was signature wins. And I think what you're really looking for, if you're a South Carolina fan or if you're outsiders looking in, you're looking for a more consistently high level of play from South Carolina. We have seen actually in both years for South Carolina, kind of the highest of the highs, uh, at least um, in perspective of where they are in a pro- as a program. Um, you know, we, we've seen big wins, we've seen big surprises. So they've had signature wins. The the real key. Beamer talked about this after year one, how they, um, you know, were, were kind of struggling to find that consistency of winning multiple games in a row. 
didn't really win a bunch of games in a row, didn't really lose a bunch of games in a row that first year. They took a step forward last year, but still, I think finding consistency is is what everybody is searching for. And so, for me, though, I mean, kind of, kind of feels right, I guess, at least at this point, because, I mean, let's be honest, guys, this entire conference, like, you, you've got the couple of teams at the top, then... You know, I, I know Vandy, it's fun to make fun of them, and they're at the bottom, but, you know, they, they stepped up and beat a couple teams last year. So, I mean, on paper, it's really hard to sort through that just huge middle group yeah. because they can they can all beat up on each other. Well, and it is worth noting that despite being number eight, they are third overall as far as the ACC East goes in these power rankings. Five of the top seven teams are all from the West, which is not really a surprise there, I guess. What do y'all think of the preseason conversation of Alabama or LSU in the West? Because right, rightfully so, Alabama kind of always gets the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. But LSU represented the West last year in the title game. Mm-hmm. And LSU has a short quarterback situation and Alabama yeah. doesn't. Ding, ding, ding. So it, it is interesting I, I get it. It is earned, but it is interesting how Bama always tends to get the benefit of the doubt in these situations, even though we know the college game is, for the most part, run by QBs. Now, I think Georgia, rightfully so, Georgia's going to be number one in all these lists. They should be number one nationally in all these lists at this point until they're not, and that's because they've just stacked so much talent that even though they're replacing a two-time national title-winning quarterback, people sort of gloss over that as well. So I'll be very curious to see, do we have a little bit more parity in college football at the very, very top this year? Or is there kind of a, I mean, last year Georgia just felt like the true number one for the entire season. And that was really, to me, never that much in doubt. And that's how it played out. So both. It's kind of funny. Both the top two teams on this list are replacing quarterbacks from last year and incredibly successful quarterbacks at that, whereas LSU sitting there saying, hey, we got our guy. We're happy with our guy. And guess what? He led us to Atlanta last year. After you get past the first, I mean, definitely two to three. You could, you could even say five. I don't know. You know, there's juries out on A&M, right? They're definitely very talented. Definitely very talented. But it is tougher. So it's hard to look through this list and say, how could you rank the team that's, you know, 12th? They should be more like 7th. You know, I mean, it's hard to do that exercise because they are so close. There are so many games. A lot of these teams from the 6 to 14 spot, the 6 to 12 spot, they're going to play each other. A lot of those games are going to be toss-ups, basically pick-ems. Yeah. And so it's, it's kind of hard to do the rankings even at the top. I do agree with you, Wes. I think Bama's getting a little benefit of the doubt. If you made me say I might slide LSU into two, you know, just until until further notice, until proven otherwise. Let me let me give you a couple takes on some teams that so Missouri at thirteen, I know the point that I just made. I actually might move them up a little bit. But for some reason, I'm a little more bullish on Missouri. Florida at number ten. Now that's kind of weird to see. You know, a program with all of Florida's history being at number 10. 
I'm actually pretty down on Florida. And one reason, guys, quarterback. Graham Mertz. Graham Mertz. We saw that spring game where they had like 12 yards of offense in the spring game. Look at look at Florida's schedule. It's a, it's a typical SEC schedule. They open at Utah. They play Tennessee. They play Kentucky. That's in the first five weeks. They go to South Carolina. They play the neutral site game with Georgia at LSU, at Missouri. They play FSU. This is a difficult schedule, I think, for a team that has a lot of questions. And I think this is a key year for Florida. They put, they're putting together a good recruiting class, but I think this is a really important year for Billy Napier. I, I Honestly, I could see this one this year going bad for them. I could see it going sideways. One team that I'm interested on how they'll still rank them is Auburn at number 12 because mm-hmm. I feel like every single preseason ranking I've seen so far has Auburn, not like at the top, but a pretty decent team, and that obviously is because Hugh Freeze is now their head coach, but Phil Steele seems to be pretty down on them, at least for this first year. Down on them and up on A&M. Yes. You know, I think comparatively. And, you know, I, I like we talked about yesterday, Auburn tends to be better than expected when there are low expectations, and they tend to kind of fall apart at times when they are, uh, you know, expected to, to do really well. So, you know, I, I think when there's so much turnover, like you have at Auburn, it's um, it, it's difficult to kind of know what to project there. However, I, I always think you get a boost when you have a new coach, you have a new, you, you kind of get a locker room boost, you kind of get that new energy, uh, new belief, um, you know, and then it's, it's up to that coach to kind of build from that and continue from there and keep the momentum going. But I, I'm with you, man. I, I would Auburn is probably the team I would put higher on this list than what they are because say what you want about Hugh Freeze, the dude can coach offense. And if you're putting up a bunch of points, which I'm sure they'll figure out their quarterback situation, um, you're going to have a chance in today's college football. So um, but to my point earlier, though, I mean, if if you just made this list and you put – if you just put Georgia, Alabama, LSU, one, two, three, and then – put Missouri, Vanderbilt, 13 and 14, and then took the rest of the teams and just literally threw them in a hat and shook them all up and put them in a random order, would anybody actually know the difference? Like, would there be a huge, you know, maybe if, like Chris said, maybe if Florida were were five or something in that random order, you might kind of side-eye at it. But you could probably make a case for a lot of these teams um, for them to be higher. I would certainly say... Auburn, at least over Mississippi State, um, you know, the one on this list that I think continuously doesn't get much love, and South Carolina fans obviously dislike them, but Kentucky, every year they tend to um, just put together a fairly consistent product. We thought they would maybe take a step back going into this year, but they, they, may, be, they may have even upgraded their quarterback situation, believe it or not, so... They're dangerous for South Carolina once again. And for those wondering, uh, Auburn's potential quarterback is Peyton Thorne, the transfer from uh, Michigan State. We'll see how he fares in the Hugh Freeze offense in 2023. But again, that's Phil Steele's 2023 SEC power rankings uh, in the preseason, at least. Uh, Coming up next, we'll step outside of football a little bit. 
Talk a little bit of home run derby last night as Vlad Guerrero Jr. took home the title out in Seattle ahead of tonight's All-Star Game. That's coming up next on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs on 107.5 The Game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. 107.5 The Game. I'm sure Vlad got a beautiful print of one of those home runs from yesterday at the Home Run Derby. And I'm telling you what he needs to do with it. He needs to go over to our friends at Goal Line Framing in West Columbia. And he needs to have a custom frame job there. Because they can, pretty much anything and everything that you want framed up, they can take care of it for you. That could be diplomas, original artwork, canvases, jerseys, and flags. They've been in business for over 20 years. You can head on over to 511 12th Street, West Columbia, to check out their in-store art gallery, home decor, furniture, gift items, and many, many more things. If you have questions, give them a call, 803-739-1337. You can head on by Tuesday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 5.30 p.m., and then Saturday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., or just give them a follow on Instagram, at SC. Again, that's my friend Kendall Walsh and manager Johnny James. They'll take care of any and all your custom framing needs at Gold Line Framing in West Columbia. All right, we'll wrap up the day with the Home Run Derby coming up next. Gamecock Central Takeover Hour on 107.5 The Game. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head on your home of the Gamecocks. 1075, the game. Uh, oh, popped it up. Yeah. Gotta have one. I don't think he did it. He did not do it. Oh my. Brad Guerrero Jr. will hang on and win the 2023 T Mobile Home Run Derby. And that was the call last night on ESPN as, yes, Vlad Guerrero did defeat Randy Arozarena in the final round of last night's home run derby, 25-23. to 23. He hit 72 home runs over the course of the three rounds last night, claiming the victory, uh, just like his dad did uh, back in uh, 2007. Pretty cool moment, man. I, I think he was, they said he was FaceTiming his dad from, mm-hmm. from over there on the side, and uh kind of awesome to watch these guys that we watched as a kid now um you know we watched their fathers as a kid and watch them perform and uh vlad's not a guy i get to watch very often just in day-to-day games because he's in toronto but very impressive display from a lot of those guys and this i don't know if this is a hot take or not man but as much sort of flack as mlb gets from time to time and uh you know manfred is playing the role of heel with a lot of people. I actually have thoroughly enjoyed baseball this year from, uh, you know, the, the pitch clock stuff is annoying when it actually gets called, but sure. as far as its purpose, I you know, it sped up the game. The bigger bases has brought speed back into the game. There, you know, you actually see hits through the right side now, Yep. you know, with no shifts. I've enjoyed the game quite a bit this year, and uh, the Home Run Derby, you know, whether you like the sort of skills competition type stuff or not, it was super fun, I thought. And, and actually, as a baseball fan and a Braves fan, I thought it was a cool opportunity to get a feel for some of the other guys in the game that maybe I wasn't as familiar with. So that was cool. Um, always enjoy seeing Pete Alonzo not do well. but he hit the kid in the head. Did did he hit the kid in the head? Uh, apparently so. They were like having to like. Help I thought a kid. I thought that was one of Vlad's balls, but I I was sort of half watching. But. M- maybe it was one of Vlad's balls, but I just know they cut away. They were like helping the kid off the field, like they had 
arms around him, and then they cut to Alonzo like dancing. <laughs> Not a good look. <laughs> no, but I mean, I'll at least defend him a little bit. Like, where, what was he like looking at the kid? Direct, like, did he know well, the I mean, kid he, was? He's, a, he's obviously at home plate, so he's yeah. what three hundred some odd feet away from the kid. So he probably didn't wasn't yeah. aware of what was happening out there. Just a very un- unfortunate camera cut <laughs> at that moment. Yeah, for sure. But um, it, it was cool to see it be in Seattle. Obviously. It was weird it not being dark, though. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I think um, if we're going to be nitpicky, the thing, like, you get way more home runs now with them timing it. Yeah. And so... Actually, a lot a lot of it is sort of your approach to it. Like, mm-hmm. um, do you try to go super fast and just go quantity over quality? Do you try to slow it down? And but s- balls aren't even landing right. yet, and they're already on, and they're the already next hitting the next two or three sometimes yeah. swings. So I, I think ESPN kind of struggles a little bit with how to actually cover it to where you as a fan, like I, I remember, like watching Ken Griffey. And I think back then it was just you got a certain number of swings. Yeah. And so watching Griffey and then just marveling at each swing and just, oh, that's blasted. Yeah. The, with the way it was last night, you're not actually seeing where you, you, it's a disconnect. And I was watching it last night and I felt like something was off about it. And that's probably what it was. It's like, yeah, it's just one after the other. And they do have the split screen so you can see the balls going out, but there's no focus on it you just get to the end of the two minutes and you're like oh okay he hit 24 that's that's cool but yeah there's no like okay here comes this pitch and there it goes here comes this pitch and there it goes like I, I do I do miss that element as well there was no connection to which swing resulted sometimes in which ball you were seeing in the split right, screen right. too uh, I, I did like at times and, and I didn't watch they had a stat cast version on I think ESPN too I didn't watch it but I enjoyed at times on the regular version, instantly off the bat, they would give you the exit velocity yes. and um, the launch angle, and you could sort of tell whether it was mashed or not sure. just based on those numbers. So that that was actually kind of, I thought, an interesting addition to it for me because, you know, seeing guys hit 110 right. off the bat at 30 launch angle, you know... Right. It's blasted. And also with it being timed and again, homer after homer after homer, it didn't bring as much of the crowd into it because again, they're just watching balls flying all over the place and you can't really focus on one thing. So um, yeah, I, I definitely miss like the one pitch at a time aspect yeah. of it that kind of builds up the drama of each pitch. Yeah, for sure. But still, fun fun event. I liked watching uh, Julio Rodriguez as the hometown guy. Yep. His, his first round was incredible. Um, the game of baseball is, I, I think, in a good place as far as the young stars that are going to carry it into the future. And Julio Rodriguez, honestly, one of my favorite guys to watch when I do get a chance to see him play. So that, that was cool. Um, but Vlad Vlad got some redemption because he hit, what, 90-plus home runs, 91 homers a couple of years ago and yep. didn't win. So he, he was bound to get one. Final thought, very mature decision, though. Ronald Acuna, he's going so well right now. It don't do don't it. mess with a thing. Yeah, well, I was not complaining at all of not seeing him in the home run derby last night. And tonight uh, coming up is the All-Star Game as uh, All-Star Week continues. And that'll do it for today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour.
presented by Firehouse Subs here on 1075 The Game. Up next, it's Halftime Show with Terry. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.